Hey everybody, Joey from Inside TVT here to tell you to make sure you are following along with us on Twitter. Um, after every single game, we're posting uh, clips from post-game press conferences with the players um, and other cool content. Follow us at Inside TVT, at JoeySmoke14, and at Andrew Zolden on Twitter. We love interacting with you guys, so make sure you're doing that with us as well. Now on to the episode. Inside TBT, we are the insiders of TBT, and we are here after two awesome days of the tournament. And how about an awesome interview for this episode with the defending champion coach, Jared Sullinger, who is ready to talk about all things Carmen's crew and their matchup with the Dominator and House of Pain. We'll recap all the games from days one and two, but before that... We're obviously going to talk about germless products. You may notice a little name change. That's right there. Germless products. Go to germlessproducts.com. They have everything now, not just masks, not just products, but everything. <laughs> germless products. They're going to keep you safe. They're going to keep you healthy. And if you're going into any bubble, you want germless product to keep you safe. Joey, their social medias have changed, and I need to tell you, and then you can tell the people, Joey, their Instagram is now at Journalist Products. Joey, where can you find them on Instagram? Well, they used to be at Journalist Mask, but I'm assuming since they've changed their name to Journalist Products, that it'll be a lot easier for me to say it. They're at Journalist Products on Instagram, which is, you know, big shout out to me. They wanted to change the name so I could pronounce it better, so thank you. Um, word on the street is they're a very patriotic company, and that on Twitter, they're at Germless USA. So um, they had a big sale um, for the 4th of July is what I heard. And if you missed out on that, then you're, you're just a bum. So wait till their, uh, their next sale, which will be during uh, the high holidays and uh, Rosh Hashanah. They have some really cool products. They have little individual packets of hand sanitizer. Squeeze, squeeze on your hand, rub them. And if you're going to be in a bubble, get Germless products because they keep you safe. Squeeze the hand sanitizer onto your hand and then rub your hand around like this. And if you're listening on the radio, you can probably interpret what we're doing. We're rubbing our hands. Germless products, they are the best. <laughs> <laughs> if your products don't say germless, they're probably not germless products. We're gonna talk, we're gonna talk about the games. We're gonna talk with Sully. Joey, first up, first game on the list, D2 versus Big X. <sighs> Talk about a, a back-and-forth start to TBT. Yeah, the game was – the ending was awesome, obviously. You know, it was a close game from basically halftime in. Um, Nick Ward being the, the star um, for, for Big X, he got it going in the second half. We talked with him after the game, and he joked about how Izzo probably would have got on his uh, got on his behind about his performance, and Dockage kind of took a different route. Um, as the player coach that he is, um, and they just kept feeding the beast, and he kind of took them home. D2, shout out to them because they played so dang hard. I mean, like, I think Big X was shell-shocked at how hard they were playing, um, and they really gave Big X a run for their money, having, you know, be just a standby team and then thrown in the fire. Um, it was cool to see them do well um, as well, but, but yeah, shout out to Big X and all my former teammates, and, and uh, happy, that, happy that they're moving on. Something I just want to say before we keep going, um, I, I'm being unfairly criticized for my bracket predictions that were made a few weeks ago, 
And then a lot of things changed. You know, I had a, I mistakenly did, I, I took brotherly love lightly, which I think was really the only pick that I would have done differently looking back at it, not counting the ones where players were out, Team Hines, stuff like that. Obviously, I had Everline Drive going to my Final Four as well, so I'm probably somehow going to get some, <laughs> some shit for that. But like, like War Tampa, I, I'm picking War Tampa again another time. Andres Feliz played absolutely incredible on offense and defense. I'm going to get that. Still happy with my picks, but I do want to get right out in front of it and yeah. say brotherly love. I underestimated them, and they've been a staple in TBT before. They were going up against Stillwater Stars. I didn't know Stillwater Stars was only going to have like four guys by the time the game started. A full <laughs> rostered team for Stillwater Stars. I think it's a, I, I think they get the job done. I mean, LeBron Nash had 30, and it felt like they only scored 32. So in yeah. that game, Joey, I'll, I'll let you talk about it a little as well. But I, I apologize to Brotherly Love for – I guess we're not having them in the, in the championship, but I definitely apologize for taking them lightly in the first round. Yeah, I don't know. The way that game kind of panned out for me, never super close, you know, as the game went on. Um, but the main thing being that Philly, just in general, obviously brotherly love, shout out, is a, is a shout out to Philadelphia. Um, Philly, just in general, has this brand of basketball and their backcourt just embodies that. I mean, the whole team does, but especially their backcourt embodies that brand of basketball just, like, to a T. Um, and that just, like, toughness and togetherness and just getting buckets and hitting mid-range jumpers and just shooting off the dribble in general. I mean, just, like, uh, they, were, they were just awesome. I mean, the, those two guys, Khalif Wyatt, um, I mean, they're just – I can't say enough good things about that team. They won me over. I mean, I had them winning the game because I just lent – I just kind of leaned on their experience in the TBT, you know, but – um, you know, I, I was very, very impressed. And I know, like, Seth Greenberg is super, super high on them. So, well, I mean, so, so obviously. I think, uh, you know, I think Scar is all. from – I think Tim Scarborough yeah. is from Philly. So, he is super high on them. Yeah, too bad he, he got our name wrong um, when he gave us a shout-out on the air, which was could have been one of the coolest moments of our lives because um, Andrew's never been on – well, actually, you have been on ESPN before, I guess. ESPN Radio. But I have been on ESPN you've never Radio. Been on, You've never been on ESPN, the channel, you know, so like that could have been your way onto the channel. True. Fortunately, I've been enough to, to be on there, but um, that could have been really cool. And, and Tim Scarborough kind of messed it up, but no hard feelings, Tim. Before we move past uh, brotherly love, Khalif Wyatt and Ramon Moore combining for 51 points. I mean, if any two teammates do that, it's going to be tough to lose. And also yeah. they now have found themselves in the elite eight awaiting the winner of Golden Eagles and Team CP3 because of what happened with Everline Drive. So I apologize again because we have our first Elite Eight team and it's the team I took very lightly. So congratulations to Team Brotherly Love. We'll see you in the Elite Eight. Moving on to the third game, House of Pain versus War Tampa. Joey, I'll let you talk again, but I mean, the Dominator. It was a tale of two inside TBT guests. The Dominator dominated and Fletcher McGee was nowhere to be found. Yeah, I, so my allegiance in terms of this game, was it was hard because obviously Fletcher being our first guest that we interviewed, I don't know if he was the first interview we released, but the first guy that we interviewed for Inside TBT, you know, we were rooting really hard for him. 
But then on the other side of it, that's my, those are my Big Ten guys. One of my close friends, Michael Tulip, is their GM and head coach. Um, and then obviously Mike Dom is, is the dominator. So um, I kind of was rooting for those Illinois boys, you know, which is I, I, we're from Illinois, you know. So um, it, was, it was really cool to see Michael Tulip go 1-0 in his coaching career. Um, he's got a little bit of a test in his second ever game going against the, the defending champs, Carmen's crew. Um, and we tell Sully about um, how he needs to look out in case he gets out coached by Mike in our interview. Um, but it really was a tremendous coaching job. I mean, Mike was putting Mike Latulup, Coach Latulup, was putting Mike Dom, the dominator, in all different positions to score. I mean, like, Mike Dom is great because he can hit threes, play in the post, and drive guys, and put his back to the basket. Like, he can do everything. But – He's only as good as the positions his mates get him in and his coaches put him in, you know. So um, it was just an unbelievable job by Illinois. You know, like um, Brandon Brandon Paul, who played for Team Hines, which we'll get to Team Hines later, um, he was getting some crap on the internet for not playing with, uh, you know, not playing with the Illinois team when the Illinois team won and his team lost. Um, so it, it's funny how this team was purposely assembled to kind of fit a mold that, that Latulip wanted, and it worked so unbelievably well. I, I was – and Andrew, I think you agree, right? We're most impressed with any team. It was it was uh, House of Pain, right? Well, well yeah, and that, and that's for that's for a couple of reasons. For, first off, it's because you know we've seen Mike Dom score before, but he's lost thirty pounds. He's not the same Mike Dom, and we were interested to see if Mike Dom was still Mike Dom. And the answer is yes, he is. And I agree with Dockage, who was saying Mike Dom's got to get a chance on an NBA team. I mean, he. Yeah is a score, and now that he's dropped some weight, he is lean, he can get rebounds. So I was really impressed with Dom still being able to do that. And I was impressed with Andres Feliz, who not only is a TBT rookie, but, I mean, if if anyone's stock is climbing, it's Andres Feliz, who now looks like he could be uh, uh, an NBA draft pick. Who knows? If he keeps playing this way, if he, if he keeps playing this way and can score 20 – points on Carmen's crew and, and play similar defense on whoever he's matched up with. I mean, the, the ceiling is the roof for Andres Feliz. Yeah. I, I mean, I love Andres Feliz. I mean, he's like a Aaron craft of sorts in the way he plays just incredibly hard. He's very, he's got a nose for the ball. He's just great on defense. And, but I mean, he's got some more to his game probably than Aaron would even admit that he's got some more to his game on offense, but um I love him. He, he's not going to – I don't know if – I don't think he's an NBA guy. And I think, uh, you know, maybe one day he will be. I think he's already signed to play in Brazil. That's kind of why I think that. Maybe that's why that's in the back of my head. I'm a TBT Brazil. I'm a TBT insider, not a Brazil insider. Man. You're right. You're right. I know. My bad. Uh, but, yeah, Illinois, I mean, just like that team was just so uh, – it's just really, really impressive. And on the other end, War Tampa was just not. I don't know what it was. Maybe they had some bad cereal for breakfast. I, it was very disappointing because we expected – a lot out of that team yeah um but but hey some teams aren't prepared as well for the tbt experience and mike latulip had those boys ready to roll and moving on to the next game team cp3 versus i almost said mid-american unity versus uh primetime players the the funny thing about this game is if this wasn't the night game that ended at about midnight <laughs> This might be the most talked about game in TBT because it was exciting. It's everything you like about TBT with the Elam ending providing a comeback and then a dramatic dunk finish. And it felt like a good March Madness game where you get a kid 
I say kid because Mars Madness, but you get a guy in, in, in Nate Mason who really gets just hot and you can't stop him. And they win the game. C.J. Harris played great, too. We inter- interviewed both of those guys. This game was really fun, and it's a shame that it was the night game, but we'll get to see Team CP3 on, on full display tonight against the Golden Eagles. Yeah, I just think in terms of this game, it, it is the reason why the Elam ending is kind of in place. Um, primetime players was the better team for 98% of that game, you know, and then – CP3 turns it on, they change up the defense, they start digging in a little bit on the defensive end, and, and the, the tides turn, and, and they take the lead for the first time when they win the game, basically, you know? So, I mean, it's just crazy how the Elam ending um, aids, like, uh, just these incredible, incredible finishes, you know? Uh, we'll get into more games where there are incredible finishes, but, like, this was the most stereotypical TBT game, I think, where... You know, you had a group of guys that was assembled by Chris Paul, you know, studs versus primetime players, which wasn't even supposed to be in the tournament. Unbelievable game. And then it ends with the Elam ending in the most perfect way it could with a team coming from behind. You know, it just was it, – it was it was a great TBT game. And, unfortunately, a lot of people probably missed it because it was late. The first game of day two, all right. <laughs> The first game of day two was heard that versus best Virginia. Excuse me. Heard that podcast. What? This is the game that brings people to this podcast. Well, hold on, I'm getting there. It was heard that versus best Virginia. Excuse me. Heard that versus Jimmy V. Oh, wait, no. Heard that versus the Peoria All-Stars. And we were such big heard that fans. I thought they could upset Best Virginia. I thought they were going to win against Jimmy V. By the time this game was about to start <laughs> against Peoria All-Stars, I had convinced myself that they were going to win by 20. And that's what they went out there and did. Ott Elmore, America's sweetheart, to put on an absolute show. That boy is thick. All right? And he – I mean, that was just such an exciting – that just reminds you of, of – why you like basketball because it wasn't an upset, but it was just John Elmore said it best when we talked to him. It was just funny looking dudes out playing the other team, which I mean, we have been such big heard that fans that we could do a whole episode just dedicated to her that, but we're so happy that, that our biggest prediction and our biggest backing came to fruition. Thanks to the Elmore brothers. What a game. Joe, I got to hear your thoughts on this game. Yeah, I mean, you owe a lot to the Elmore Bros because without them, you would have not picked a single game right in the entire um, first round. Asterix, so, asterix. Uh, which we can talk about maybe on the, the, the next episode. But, yeah, I mean, that game was just – I mean, Ott Elmore gives me hope for my professional basketball career. I haven't touched the ball in six months or whatever. I'm in – no knock to Ott, but I'm in better shape than he's in. Um, I still can shoot the piss out of the ball like he can. So you know, I got, I got gave, some breaking news. I got some breaking news. Uh-oh. Hit me, and then I'll go back into my rant about me going back to basketball. People are quote-tweeting our episode from June 23rd and sending it to Brandon Paul, calling him out because the video is him, is him saying that he played – on the team that gave him a better chance to win. Breaking news. And we'll get we'll, so we sold him. 
We are getting we are getting the team. We'll get to Team Hines in a second. And Brandon Paul, Joey, get back to heard that. Sorry, good breaking but, news though. Um, but breaking news: we sold our, out Brandon Paul. <laughs> Brandon Paul sold out Brandon Paul, and we love Brandon Paul. But I just if I can get to, I I'll say this first, and then we'll get into it later. I'm in the same shoes as him. I gave my blood, sweat, and tears to uh to a university for four years. If I had the choice between playing with overseas elite and an Ohio State alumni team, I don't care if they're the back-to-back champions or whatever, um, I'm playing with my alma mater's team. I don't know. That's my opinion. I could never – the same reason why I didn't sit out my senior year to graduate and transfer to get playing time somewhere. Because but, that's the opposite, never, but that's the opposite of what you're saying. Right. The same reason why – this that that's the same reason why I didn't, why I didn't do that. I could not picture myself – in any uniform other than an Ohio State uniform. And I can't believe that he – I just don't get it. I, oh, it's oh, funny. You're, oh, you're disagreeing with the choice he made. Yes. yes yeah, yeah, got it, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll get – But can we talk about Hurt that more? Yeah, we heard that. We'll get to Team Hines. So, okay, on Elmore, giving me life, I want to officially uh, proclaim myself a free agent for next year's TBT if Heard that wants me. Um, I think I fit in really well with their style where I don't have to be in great shape and I can just shoot threes. I think that works well for me. Um, but in all seriousness, they showed that they're much more than just a Marshall alumni team with John Elmore as the point guard. They've got great athletic bigs up front. Um, Zach Smith from Texas Tech. I mean, Ad Elmore, when we he, – he's the guy who brags about their team. John Elmore just says, you know, we got good guys and we play hard and I love my teammates. But Ad is the guy who brags and he goes, you know, John Elmore is a pro overseas in one of the highest leagues in, in Europe and, and is the only guy ever with, like, 2,500 points and 700 assists. He goes on and on. And he, and he goes on and on about each guy. They've got guys who won player of the year in conferences, guys who've won games in the NCAA tournament, guys who are great pros overseas, guys who, who average double digits in the Big 12. You know, like, they're not just some schmucks that they put together. You know, like, they're a really, really good team, and they're really, really, really fun to watch. And that was on full display because we're the biggest Herd That fans in the country, so much so that Seth Greenberg texted me during the game and said, and said, so you guys were the only ones that thought Herd That would do well in the tournament? And I was like, no, that's not what I'm saying. But there are guys, and we are going to juice them up as much as we can. And this is us continuing to do so. I, I don't even – who are they playing? The money team? They're winning. Done. So, I, so I'll say this. John Elmore, from an offensive standpoint today – Maybe played the worst game of his career. And had shot, shot horribly. Okay, I, I, from a scoring standpoint, I misspoke. Shot, shot horribly. Okay, I, I was I was texting with him briefly. He said he will still be pulling up next game. He will still be attacking. So so think about this. Heard that one, and John Elmore, who's supposed to be the best scorer on the team, didn't even have. That good of a game scoring. So if you're a heard that fan, that's good news. And we're heard that fans. So they're more and if you're a money team fan, you are bad. terrified. Terrified. Yeah. If, if you're money <laughs> <laughs> You might need to borrow Red Scare because when you hear heard that if you're oh, a that money was, team that fan. Was bad. Ooh, I thought you were gonna say something about money. Like oh, no. they're gonna like, go. Well, Broke team. You're not very liquid right now. Broke team. <laughs> we we'll do a we'll yeah. do a, a heard that tribute episode, but we should keep rolling through this. 
Yeah. The next game, Team Hines versus Sideline Cancer, or Brandon Paul Elite versus Sideline Cancer. And I, I got something quick to say about that. I was on the radio this week, or it might have even been on the Seth Greenberg show when I said this. I said that I oh, thought whoever – you. You're on every radio show. You can't even keep track. Oh, look at you. No, it was Seth Greenberg. Uh, we said – I said whoever wins – I forget which one I was – sorry. Whoever Continue. wins the Team Hines versus Sideline Cancer game could keep going further. Because once I heard the Team Hines – like, they could be – the winner of that game was the uh, was my upset pick to keep going and going. You know, how you, you know how you phrased it. The winner yeah, is going to move on. I'm tired, man. It's okay. But, I mean, you were right. That was a good take. Very hot. So, and remember I said I'm saving myself by not just picking Team Hines because I knew it would come back to haunt me. But they lost a bunch of guys, which which we've discussed. And our guy, Marcus Keene, I mean, if you came on the show besides Fletcher McGee, you had a, you had, you've had a good tournament. Yeah. I, Marcus Keene was ridiculous. We were talking um, with Jake – um, from TVT just about little guards in the tournament and how successful they are for whatever reason. Marcus Keene is the most successful little guard the tournament might ever see, you know? He, uh, he, he might be a first ballot TVT Hall of Famer, first of all. Second of all, he told us what move he would make to win the game on the Elam ending, and he did that exact move, basically. Third of, all, cool. third of all, we have a big fan that follows us everywhere we go, Josh Schaffner. And you need to sell him. You need to sell him five bucks because you said Marcus Keene was not scoring 25 points. It's been done. See, I that, I do that for you guys because I know he's scoring 25 points. Wait, did, you actually pay him? did you actually pay him? Yeah. <laughs> Am I not a man of my word? That's outstanding. That's great. Yeah. Shout out to Shout I'm trying to – hey, I'm trying to get you guys paid. My next one – you guys want my next one? If Aaron Kraft has two steals in the next game, I'll zell someone $5. But you got to tweet me after this episode drops. What? All right, deal. I'll tweet you right now. I want that 5 bucks. No, no, no. Two or more or exactly two? No, two or more. But you can't – it can't be you. Okay? So, there you go. So sideline cancer money in your pocket. <laughs> sideline cancer can score the ball. And anytime you can score, you can win a game. I have some concerns about them going further, but Challenge ALS is just sitting there and waiting. And sideline counts sideline cancer is about as hot as a flamethrower right now. And they're it's coming hot in a forest fire. They're coming and they're not backing down. Um should we talk about the fact that that game will be the cause game? The cause off. It will be a cause off. But we got to talk about Brandon Paul a little bit more, right? Yeah. yeah. That's so – The dude – here's – I'll set the stage. Just yeah, the backstory. I kind of set the stage for Andrew before we started recording. Basically, and I don't want to read the exact quotes because that's not what we do here. We're not journalists. Um, so, basically, Brandon Paul tweet, some Brandon Paul tweets out and says, hey – Illini fans, um, I'm sorry you feel the way you feel. It is not personal. I gave my blood, sweat, and tears to Illinois for four years, and I didn't just forget about that. Um, I just, um, you know, I can't believe some people think that I'm just ditching my school and whatever. That's not what it is. Um, I hope that no one actually has that mindset. And someone said, you know, 
we don't blame you for for leaving. It was just a matter of you saying that you were going somewhere um, where it gave you a better chance to win. But that's not exactly what they said. They said um, you were better than the Illini. That's what the guy said. And Brandon Paul quote tweeted that and said, um, <laughs> "If that I did not say that. If I did, I will Venmo you, Cash App you, Zelle you, ten thousand um, dollars if you sh- send me proof." And then uh, he said, "But if it's not true, you got to uh, you got to donate five hundred dollars to a charity of my choice, and I'll match that. Um, just uh, it's your turn now, so let me know." And that guy came back. <laughs> with a quote from our podcast where Brandon Paul literally said, and this might not be the exact quote, but basically he said, no hard feelings towards those Illinois boys and Mike Latulip. They're building a great team there, but I'm playing with a team that gives me a better chance to win the million dollars, which is. I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Yeah. I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Okay. Assuming or depending on when Brandon Paul signed up, he may have signed up to a team that also had Kyle Hines and also had Nick Calathis. There's no doubt about that. I'm on the same side as you. The only thing that we can talk about, though, is what he said. And he, the way he said it, and we love Brandon Paul. We had so much fun with him on the show. Like, he's a great guy, Illinois guy, obviously. We grew up watching him play in high school. But, like, he said he's playing with a team that gives him a chance to to win the better chance to win the million dollars. What does that sound like to you, that he was better than the Illinois team? It sounds like we should have known right away that that was going to guarantee a Team Hines loss. Team Hines could have signed Romeo Travis, and they still would have lost. No, but I feel bad for him because he did. that's not what he meant, but it's what he said. Yeah. You know? It, that's yeah. the way it could be interpreted. Just like Seth Greenberg thinks I actually thought I was the face of Ohio State basketball. No. That one year, people knew me as well as the guys who were scoring 20 points a game. That's all I meant, Seth. God. Okay, so moving on. Moving on. Next, next game, Heartfire versus Men of Mackey. Heartfire versus Men of Mackey is another just classic TBT game where both teams at, at one point or another have leads. Comes down yep. to the Elam ending. Heartfire's winning, and then yep. Men of Mackey, or as Dockage likes to call them, Purdue, storms back, takes the lead, wins, and big old giant Isaac Haas slaps the uh <laughs> the name onto the bracket and they and they keep going joey what were your thoughts on that game yeah i'll be quick on this game just because uh you know we want to get you guys to the interview uh that hard fire is probably the better team but purdue did purdue metamaki did metamaki did purdue things where they out hustled out toughed and defended to get to the win um my favorite part about the game was homer drew um, being, uh, zooming into the game um, and doing better in that three minutes that he was on Zoom than he did the entire time that he was on with us. Uh, but that was probably the highlight of my game, of the game for me. Um, but, yeah, I, uh, I, that was a, another TBT game where the team was down six points going into, into the Elam ending. They had a game plan, and Isaac Haas said this in the interview with us after the game. All, all they had to do was go on a 14-7 to run. How many times have they done that? And that's the best way for teams to look at the Elam ending because it's all about getting stops and going on a run. When I was looking at this Purdue team, because I, I was talking to some people and they said, who do you think's going to – when I was talking to the Purdue alumni, Men and Mackey, they said, who do you think wins this game? And I said, the Purdue – the Men and Mackey team has all the pieces 
And if they had a, a Carson Edwards, Purdue, Purdue alumni, I think they're the favorites not only in this game, but the next game. And then they got Justin Dentman, who – Apparently they do. We didn't right. know about it, but they right. do. Exactly. So, so my friends were like, hey, you kind of gave us bad advice. You said Hardfire was going to win. I said, actually, I gave you great advice. I said, if they can find the guy, then they'll win. But uh, so – this, this changes my mind completely going into the Bayheim's Army game because somewhere where Bayheim's Army is not super strong is, is big men. You know, they're, they're small forward guard-driven Bayheim's Army, and now you're going to have to guard a, a seven-foot-one. They're in the zone, though, dude. So. Yeah, but. <laughs> what are they going to do? Throw it into Haas on the block in the zone. It's not how it works. Well, they got, they got Dentman. They got Dentman who's going to hit a million threes and, and oh, dominate. So I'm just saying that I don't think uh, I don't think that Syracuse goes into any game where they get, they don't like game plan for for specific dudes unless it's like find the shooter, you know, because that's just how the two three zone works. I'm sure they're going to play a lot of man. I don't want to just come out against what you're saying, but if they do play a zone. Isaac Haas isn't as effective as a guy like Evan Boudreaux probably who could step out and, and make mid-range shots and threes and stuff. But um, Evan Boudreaux, if you listen to our other podcast, um, <laughs> we how, love how, how funny is it seeing Boudreaux next to Haas? Boudreaux looks like he's five feet tall when he stands next to Haas. You, I, I, every day I wish that I had a picture of me shaking Isaac Haas' hand after our game. Because I will never forget what it felt like. It it was like my hand was being hugged by a like a oven mitt. <laughs> yeah, I shook uh, Boban's hand once when I was in Dallas. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Big hand, big hand. Um, yeah, but yeah, I met him at, that that's just that game was just shows you what. I thought I heard something. Keep going. Yeah. It's okay. I think there are fireworks going off right outside my apartment again. So it's um, so late, man. <laughs> I know. Hold on. <laughs> I'm actually good. Regardless, that was just a very Purdue win, just in general for the Metamaki. So props to them for moving on. That was the only game that I got wrong, by the way, uh, on the entire day. So there's that. Could be. The, I could be you. So in the, in the last game of the day, <laughs> armored athlete versus power of the paw, and we might fall asleep by the time we stop talking about this game. But <laughs> it it got to be a two point game, but it just never really doubt. never even felt that close. You know why I was never in doubt, Andrew? Because Clemson always hurts us. Yes, because we bet on Clemson. So, of course, they were going to lose and make it interesting to keep us, keep us in, but it was never in doubt. So, um, good thing we didn't give out our picks, even though we would have said, heard that, put your life savings on, heard that, so mm-hmm. everyone would have been fine. But, um, but yeah, I, this game was like just like ho-hum. Armored Athlete has been here, done that. Scott Machado is awesome. John Roberson's awesome. They have great guard play. Um, power of the paw, turn the ball over seven times in the first quarter. Like, that's why they lost right there because it was a game at the end. But um, I don't like Clemson. I'm an Ohio State fan, so um, they always beat us. They, I never beat them in basketball, and um, I've never beat them in football that I can remember. So uh, I don't like Clemson, so I'm sorry that power of the paw lost, and I wish them the best luck moving forward. But 
we could have predicted this. So, and, and we should have. I've had some fan duel success from just picking guys that we've interviewed. <laughs> I know. That's pretty fun. I should say this, too. At the end of the game, Scott Machado had a nice little, like, rondo ball fake and then layup, and Dockage gave us a, a, how's your father? Mm-hmm. Which is, that was my favorite part of the entire day, and it was when I could barely keep my eyes open. But um, that, it kept that me- woke, Yeah, that woke me up a little bit as I was yeah. about to fall asleep. Exactly. But, okay, let's uh, – I think we're good. The basketball was incredible. I think overall our takeaways are heard that is still our favorite team and our bread and butter, and we might be wearing heard that jerseys the rest of these episodes if we get them in time. Um, and uh, also that House of Pain is going to give Carmen's crew probably a run for their money because they were – take out heard that. They're, they're super impressive and fun and blah, 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 whatever. But in all seriousness, House of Pain was so incredibly – impressive to me so those are my biggest takeaways from the two days are day one house of pain day two heard that yeah my biggest takeaways are when players get hot it's it's just impossible to stop them and that will forever and always be what happens in basketball it was just so obvious that marcus Keene was going to make the game game winner in the elam ending it's just like something like Ethan Happ, I'm sorry, dude. There's no way you're staying in front of Marcus Keene going downhill off a high ball screen. No way. That's why you run that play. So yeah, I've got I've got kind of a disclaimer to say. If you can't tell, we are not like we are very, very, very biased. Okay, we we are not unbiased (laughs) analysts. We are insiders that pick favorites and fall in love with the guests we have on our show. We said a hundred million times that we can be bought. The only way that we stop rooting for her that is if is if Jordan Crawford gives us those socks. I don't know how he's going to give them to us. That's the only way the tables can turn. We're rooting for. Trust me, her that has become. They've become our love and childs, basically. You know, and, but, and a close second is now Marcus Keenan sideline cancer. Oh, absolutely. But I just I don't know. It's just it's very fun that we are able. Think about the guys we've interviewed. And the teams that have won, it, we are very fortunate that it could have been the opposite where a lot of the guys lost, you know, but luckily we are, we're on the right side of history. So it's all good. All right, let's get to our Speaking interview. of the right side of history, last year, Carmen's crew won, and we have their coach on now, Sully, who uh, we are super, super tight with, and it was a blast to interview him. Um, and, of course, Dockage gets brought up within five minutes of the interview, so it's perfect. <laughs> I, I love Sully so much. Maybe the only if if somehow Carmen's crew played heard that in the championship, I wouldn't even be able to watch because Ot Elmore would have some funny interaction with Solinger or something would happen. It just it would be it would be too much. Can we talk about the fact that Ot Elmore might be guarding Tony Roten to start the game. <laughs> Tony Roten has had like a triple double in the NBA before. Ot Elmore gets triple gets triple doubles at in and out. Good, good. That was good, right? Good. No way you came up with that. That had to be stolen or used somewhere. Oh, I definitely have heard that before, but that was off the noggin right now. You've definitely what that before? I've definitely heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> heard that. Heard that. All right, let's get to the interview. I've literally reached delirious point in, uh, in the two days of watching constant basketball. Um, so with all that being said, Listen to some I guys. I feel like I've had too much E&J brandy right now, man. <laughs> yeah. If only uh, if only we could make some joke about Zell making a lot of money, too. That'd be nice. Yeah. All right. 
Sully. Should I go get my basketball shoes in the other room? Sully, the floor is yours. All right, joining us now on Inside TBT, co-GM, but more importantly, head coach of Carmen's Crew, defending champs, Carmen's Crew, Jared Sollinger. Sully, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. And I guess we'll start this interview off, even though we talked about it before, with thanking you again for helping to launch our professional podcasting careers as you are our first guest that we ever had on any podcast. Hey, man, it, it was all y'all's hard work. <laughs> Sully, so, I mean, I really want to jump right into it with this. Obviously, you guys are the defending champs, the one seed, but we saw a dominant House of Pain team in round one, and you guys are squaring off against them in round two. What are your early thoughts on them? Good game. Good game. Good game. Uh, I think Dom played really well. Uh, he dominated that game, I think, 23-13. and 13. Um, They're big. They're, they're athletic. But I noticed they only have eight people on the, on, on, on the roster. So we, we, we should be able to get up and down the floor and, and be able to play all 10 guys because we're 10 deep this year. You're uh... – your counterpart in terms of coaching is one of my good buddies, Michael Tool, former walk-on at Illinois. Um, he has zero professional uh, coaching um, time on his resume. He's got nothing, but he's 1-0. So mm -hmm. all I'm saying is be prepared to be outcoached. Oh, man, listen, I, I watched the game about three or four times already, and he's running some hell of a ATOs out there. I love it. Um, they play through Dom. And, and they're going to get things done. So it's going to be a great, like, X and L match going back and forth with him. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this matchup. For people that don't know, I had a chance to kind of be in the huddle, in the locker room last year with you guys. And, and it's not just – you guys just don't – it's not all talent. You know, it's not all chemistry. It's You guys are scouting the other team. You guys have a ton of plays. And you guys obviously know each other super, super well. So – um, you know, talk a little bit about what the preparations have been like. You guys have a bye. You've been in the bubble. What's it kind of look like for you guys? Uh, you know, right now the preparation is just getting guys in shape. If you watch all these games the last couple of days, it's just you see the guys around mid-third quarter, all of a sudden the basketball game goes like this just because the shape. Um, guys haven't played since March. So, you know, we're just trying to get guys in shape. I think that was our biggest preparation. We got everybody tested before we got into the gym, so that way we didn't spread it to nobody. And um, and the beautiful part is everybody's playing, and the competitive nature just kind of spits out in our in our in our gyms, you know, with with David Lighty, Aaron Kraft, John Diebler, Will Buford, Dallas, you know, is looking tremendous. Um, Deshaun is always a bucket, so we just we just constantly just keep competing, and 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 I feel like we get better every year. I think this is the best roster we had. From, um, from head to toe. So, obviously, on the other side of the bracket, there's Overseas Elite, who you guys beat last year. They're their first and only ever loss in TBT. And they're adding guys like Joe Johnson. When you see that, is that what pushes you to go and try and make sure that Deshaun Thomas is on the squad? Or was that always in the cards? Well, that was it's always been in the cards. We called Deshaun every year to play with us. And Deshaun just never, ever uh, <laughs> plays with us. You know, last year he got married. Um, a couple of years, you know, just a lot of things going through the air. So, but we got we got to shine off the grace of just you know him wanting to play, and uh, we was lucky enough to get him, and uh, he's here with us. And you know, he's an Elam ending type of player. He's he's the type of guy that if you need seven straight, 
he's going to get you seven straight. And that's what I love about Deshaun. Let's talk about another addition you guys brought in, maybe a little bit of a younger legs compared to the other guys on your team. Talk a little bit about what Lenzel brings to the team. Oh, his tenacity is, is what we need. You know, his energy, his uh, his intensity, his 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 defense ability to be able to guard one through three. Um, he's not the smallest person out there, and he's not the biggest person out there, but he plays with so much heart. And that I think that's going to be uh, key for us going forward, just because as you see a person like David Lighty come out, a person like Aaron Kraft come out, and then you got somebody like Lindell that can match their intensity and keep that intensity off the bench going going forward. I think we we'll be we'll be really really great with him out there. Sonny, there were some rumors floating around throughout the past few weeks that maybe ET was going to suit up. How close did that come to uh, actually happening? Uh. I mean, there was talks about it. There was talks about it, you know, when guys got, you know, Joe Johnsons and, and they signed Jordan Crawford and Jared Jack and you see all this stuff and, you know, E.T. just jokingly goes, man, I should play. And then all of a sudden, all of us look at him like, maybe you should. <laughs> and so we was going back and forth about it, going back and forth about it. And, you know, I just look at it like for E.T. It's like if we lose, it's like, damn, it's E.T.'s fault. If we win, it's like, damn, y'all was supposed to do that because y'all had a current NBA player. So it's like a, almost like a lose-lose situation. But if E.T. wants to suit up, I mean, I can talk to TBT about giving him a jersey. Would that make you want to play with him? No. Somebody <laughs> got a coach. Somebody got a coach. I, I couldn't I, – that's one thing I commend Andrew Dockage on. That's my guy. I love that dude. Um, for him to play and coach, I mean, Jesus. Like, you know, when you're out there, you can't really see who's really messing up. But Joey, on the how, many minutes, how many minutes into this do we get a dockage mention? It's unbelievable. It never fails, Sully, and it has nothing to do with you. But every interview we have, it's, it's somehow Doc gets brought up. It's amazing. Man, I mean, but Andrew Dockage is a legend. Let's right. get that straight. Like, for what, he does, for what he did, like, that was self-awareness. Did he play in the second half? Uh, he definitely didn't play in the Elam ending. That, that I <laughs> no, Dockage, that's one thing Dockage told me. He said, because I told him, I was like, go find a coach. And Dockage was like, one thing about me, I have really good self-awareness. So if I know I'm hurting the team, I'll just take myself out. And I was like, you know what, Doc? I don't think I could have even said that. Like, <laughs> that, that takes a lot of balls to say something. Seriously, like and, and, and you're exactly right about that. Here's what I'll say about the whole situation. If you want to suit up because ET's playing – I'm in Columbus. I'm ready to roll. Give me a Corona test, and I'll coach the team. Yeah, I don't think you'd be able to get in the bubble, unfortunately. <laughs> the bubble is, is is sealed. They got it vacuum sealed. You can't get in here. That's that's the reason why. That's the reason why I won't help coach right there. Thank you. Yeah, that's the reason. <laughs> so obviously, obviously, one of the uh, negatives of the bubble is not really being able to see family and stuff like that. But it's going to be a maximum of like twelve days or whatever. Last time we interviewed you, you had a couple of kids on the way. So how is being a dad for the past year going? It's amazing, man. It's amazing just to wake up every morning and they're just sitting there and they're happy babies. And they're just, you know, with everything that goes around or going going on in this world, you know, you get to see your kids. And, you know, I'm lucky enough that I wasn't playing at the time. I wasn't overseas. I didn't, I didn't get caught into, you know, maybe – Maybe they close the border. Maybe they don't. I was I was able to be at home with my kids, enjoying them. 
So they made the pandemic and the quarantine go by real quick because having two babies just flying around the house, crawling, uh, <laughs> it keeps you busy. It keeps you real busy. Please tell me you've had conversations with Diebler and Kraft about how all, all of your sons are going to be on Ohio State together. Uh, we talk about AAU mostly. We okay. talk about AAU. Uh, we we're really working on AAU team. Um, I think we're going to play up with uh, Christian Buford, uh, Will Buford's son. So we're we're already talking about it, man. We're looking we're looking forward to it, man. It's just like we get around each other before it was just us and our and our, our wives. Now it's just us, our wives, and our kids. And like it's just our group is growing and it's beautiful. I think Kraft and Debo's kids will go to Ohio State, but Sully, I bet your son is going to be skipping college altogether and going right to the NBA. <laughs> My son is huge, man. <laughs> I, I I don't know what to say about him, but he is huge, and he's only getting bigger by the hour. I wouldn't say the day. It's by the hour. He sleeps as soon as he wakes up. So he wakes up at 7, 8 o'clock. He eats, and he goes right back to sleep. Like, I'm, I'm still <laughs> growing, Daddy, and it's just unbelievable. Oh, man, I'm picturing, you know, maybe even a little dual sport athlete in this future. I don't know what your feelings are towards football, but he might be able to suit up as an eighth grader in high school. Well, I mean, dual would be ideal, but, you know, if he has any footwork like his father, then we're just going to stick to a one sport. Yeah, might as well <laughs> capitalize on it, take advantage of it. Yeah, That's what – hey, course. I did the same thing. They said, man, look at this guy's athleticism. Why would we have him play more than one sport? He might as well just focus on hopes. Yeah, I mean, it worked out for you. <laughs> I guess you could say that. <laughs> Sully, has, has being a dad made you a better coach? Uh, no, I, dang, that, that's like a catch-22. Yeah, that's like a catch-22 question, you know, because it's looks like you want to give your kids all the credit, and then at the same time you want to give yourself credit for, like, you know, doing this but honestly you know my kids with with the patience you got to have patience especially with two kids my daughter Gemma, she is a wild child she's everywhere <laughs> running around or walking around not even walking crawling around soon to be walking and then my son is just like this big burly boy that just wants to eat everything so you go you go through that mindset of just just having those two and they just keep testing your patience and so it just makes you like in the Elam ending. I think I'll be more patient. I won't. I won't be so excited. <laughs> if you if you run out of like blankets and stuff, you could just use your high school jersey and wrap them both in it. <laughs> oh no, I I can't even do that for my son. My son is is filling that one out already. <laughs> Sully, we want to hit you with a couple of uh, quarantine questions. Okay. So. Q-Q's. QQs, exactly. So first thank you first, for naming the segment for us. First yeah, no QQ problem. for Coach Sully. First QQ. What is your go-to quarantine movie? Go to go-to quarantine movie is uh Rocky, man. I love all Rockies. Rocky mine is Rocky Five and Rocky Bible. You can just throw those out. Those don't count. But and I include Creeds with the Rocky. So gotcha. all of them. Rocky one, two, three four um rocky five uh rocky Balboa, uh and then creed one and two i love i love them i, I can watch them every single day okay how about go go to quarantine we usually say video game but for you i think it might be a different answer we'll say go to quarantine game game oh my go-to quarantine game 
during the quarantine was Monopoly. Uh, we had a group of friends. Um, we kind of just had a group, created group chat, and we started playing Monopoly on our phones and our iPads from from afar. And we fell in love with it. And all of a sudden, it was just like an every night thing, and we was just looking forward to it. So Monopoly was probably my go-to game. What's your go-to uh, quarantine snack and or meal? <laughs> go-to quarantine snack. Um that's a good question. Um, snack, I would have to go with probably guacamole and chips. I love guac. I love guac. Guac is like I can if from if it's from Chipotle, from Kroger, from Target, homemade. I just love. I love guac, man. <laughs> I love guac. And then um, I've never had Target's guacamole. Yeah. Oh, it's good. It's I bet it is. I bet it is. <laughs> it's good. Uh, and then probably meal would probably be uh, – I love the grill, so anything on the grill. I used to – even when it was cold outside, I'd throw a hoodie on and be out there grilling just because I had, I had nowhere to go. So I wanted some grilled wings. I'd throw some wings on there or something like that. How about go-to quarantine – I guess we'll bundle these together – podcast or music, musical artist? Uh, musical artist. My favorite artist of all time is Jay-Z. Um, so that – I, I've I've gone through Jay Z's albums nonstop. Um, so Jay Z and then quarantine podcast. Uh, I have to say uh, y'all's 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 podcast was pretty cool. I actually went back and listened to uh, multiples of them, and um, they was pretty cool. I I love the I love the gist of it. It's just fun, relaxed, and, and some sometimes serious, sometimes sometimes funny. I love it. It's it's a uh, happy medium. I'm crying. You, that's <laughs> the nicest thing anyone's ever said, and it comes from the player that I modeled my game after. So, wow. Oh, that, man. That, 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 that Oh, man. Just blessings all across the podcast right now. I love it. <laughs> Sully, I want to swing it back to TBT for a second. New Elam ending rule is free. If you foul in the bonus, the other team gets a free throw in the ball. How much does that change your Elam ending strategy? Doesn't change your Elam ending strategy at all. Um, I think that's huge because now you kind of feel like when you're down by two or three, so you don't feel bad for being aggressive, if that makes any sense, because you just have to do it all over again. And um, I know a lot of people wasn't happy with the way we won last year off the free throws, even though I was happy because Gazelle hit, but, (laughs) <laughs> I know people wasn't happy, and I understand the meaning of Elam ending, but, you know, I think every year there's going to be tweaks to it just because there's always ways to get better, make things better. So it, I think it's just only going to make things better because now you're actually going to see a bucket. I don't want to give anything away, but you've already coached in the in the TBT, so you're a timeout as soon as you can kind of guy, right, for the Elam ending? Um. You know what? Depending on the game, yes. If if, if I have John Diebler running in transition uh, for a wide open three, I might turn my back to that and let them shoot that, and then we'll turn around and foul after. But if we, I got something or if we got a possession, um, and I know if we foul that we're going to be able to uh, – they're going to take the ball out and then the Elam ending is going to start, then I might, I might do that, but I'm – at the same time, I just don't know just because 
everything is just a different feel. You just don't go in there and have a strategy. It's just you got to look at the game, feel the game, understand the game, and, and go with the flow. Funny enough, I think Dockich played it perfectly, which is – I mean, obviously everything comes back to Dockich, but he was coaching, not playing at this point in the game. And, uh, Smart man. He, he, they had the ball, and there's like, you know, four minutes and 15 seconds left. And he, his philosophy basically was like, score – and then when we score, when the ball goes through the net, you call the timeout, and then it's, like, double, you know, the good. Mm-hmm. But they ended up turning it over. The other team came down, missed it, and then fouled on the rebound. So there was no blood, but it ended up being the worst-case scenario. But anyway, he played it really yeah. well. <laughs> yeah. He, it wasn't act, he acted like he wasn't shaking his boots. He was. I can only imagine what he was going through. Oh, Sully, Sully, are you ever surprised that some of the older guys like Diebler – Buford, Lighty are still playing at the level that they are? No, heck no. I mean, you should see these guys in summer workouts. Um, they nonstop. They're nonstop. Like, when we was in college, Lighty would be the first one up, the first one yelling, the first one running, the first one – he was always the first. And then you turn around, you see Kraft, and Kraft is always the first at doing something. And then you see John, and John was always – the loudest and, and always working hard and cheering his teammates. And then you got Will that literally will push himself until he threw up. Like, I, I can't make this up. Like, like he just – like, it's to the point where Coach Rich knew we was working hard when Will would throw up. That's, I mean, that's just how it was. It was like, Will throw up. All right, we're done running. And, like, we was like, yes, you know. And – but Will was the type where he just just always pushed himself, and you just see it, and you see why they win and why they get paid and why wherever they go, they're respected because they do the right thing when they need to do it, and that's why they win. I'm afraid to ask this question. We might have to cut this out. Um, are you more – would you be more excited to play Dockage and Big X, Dockage and CJ, or Trevor Thompson and uh, Red Scare? <laughs> I think that's – I think regardless of whatever happens, first we've got to be house and pay. But um, I feel like – I feel like whatever happens – I feel like whatever happens with that one, I just think it's just like a win-win situation because you got so many people like Dockage, CJ, um, um, Nick Ward, Javon Best, um, Trayvon Hughes, LD, which is like part of our our little core group as well. So that's just like fun. But at the same time, like that red scare game that, that we played last year, um, I was telling guys like I forgot to sub because I I fell in love with the game. I became a fan because it was just so fast, and I was just like, oh my god, these guys are playing like at a high level. And then Dallas, I remember tapped on my leg, was like, Will's tired. And I was like, he is. And then You're like, Who's I was Will? Like, oh, yeah, I was like, oh shoot, John, go get Will. And it was just like it was just like mind boggling that my I just went from coach to fan so quick. It just shows how much I love the game. And I was just I I admire how hard Red Scare plays. You mentioned L D. I got a bone to pick with him. So yesterday during our interview, I say to him at the end, Congratulations on the first winning basketball game in what feels like five years. And he tweets this morning something like, felt so great to win the first basketball game in what felt like five years, totally stealing my line and my joke. So if you see him, tell him inside TVT is angry and we're suing him. <laughs> it, that, right or wrong. 
You said what, Joey? That should be hands for that for is Quaker. hands. That is hands for not for not putting via Andrew. That's yeah. hands. That's Sully, hands. Sully, we want to give you the opportunity to ask us a couple questions because we are the insiders and we know more than you. So please, if you have okay. questions, <laughs> if you have uh, questions, ask us. Yeah, ask Andrew who we picked to win. Yeah, that was the first question I was going to ask, Andrew. Yeah. Who who did you pick to win? We at Inside TBT value different opinions. So I thought Joey was going to pick Carmen's crew and it would be beneficial to the podcast if we didn't both have the same champion. But I also had a bunch of games and we did our brackets and then like three days later, a bunch of guys were out and we had already released our brackets. But my initial bracket, I did have Overseas Elite beating... Carmen's crew. So you want to you want to ask him how he did in his predictions for the games yesterday? Yeah, that's a great question, Joey. That was the next question I was going to ask. Like, how did you? Which was you? Zero and four, one and three. Well, it's a little. It's see, there's an asterisk next to it because so I lost the CP3 game, but I uh-huh. picked Mid American Unity. I didn't pick primetime player, so that game is is crossed out. All right. No. You no, went two and one. I, I don't know. First of all, I don't know who made these rules. You picked it. You lost. Well, I picked Mid American. I didn't pick a CP3 loss. I picked a Mid American. Well, you should have picked CP3. That's the price. You know, you inside the TBT, you had time to change it. And then I wasn't expecting our good friend Fletcher McGee to basically not play because Andres Feliz just locked him down, which was cool to see. So I lost that one. And then. Long well, wouldn't answer to say he went 0 and 4, Sully, and then and I, I went. went I see. I see. went 0 and 4. <laughs> nice. That that that's good. I mean, you should take that to Vegas. But bad news. I have you guys winning your next game, so hopefully I reverse the trend. Well, no, no, no. You had uh, you had um, you had heard that today, so you're good. Oh yeah, I'm back. Yeah. Heard that. I'm back. Yeah, yeah, we also had no, Team Hines wow. in the final four. <laughs> I, had team Hines, I had Team Hines with Deadman, Kyle Hines, and Nick Kalathis in the final four. I didn't have this Team Hines team in the final four. I nah, demand I a, re- say, a recount. I will say Hines, Hines and Kalathis will make a big difference just because Hines is just like a a defensive menace. You know, he just he creates problems. And he, he, he knows how to play basketball. And then you got Nick Kalathis, one of the best – probably the best passer in Europe. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe they didn't have Mike James on their team either. So, but um, who instantly would have become my favorite guy to watch probably in the tournament. Oh, yeah, he, go, he goes – he's way up there. Mike James is probably the best uh, European guard – not European guard, excuse me, best guard in Europe, him or Shane Larkin. I can't pick I, – I love both. Same kind of they game, though. That's probably why. Same kind of game. Yeah, they both They both just have, like, array of moves. Like, Mike James' bag is just different. He's, like, he has so much stuff in his bag. It's ridiculous. Similar note, it's a bummer that Trey Burke's not playing with you guys. That would have been fun for the memes. Yeah, there have been a crazy amount of memes. But, you know, I, I had a feeling he was going to sign with an NBA team. And I was like, yep, yeah. oh, well. He took – Maybe uh, next year. He took uh, he took my friend's spot. Jalen's hurt. Yeah, I heard. I heard. Jalen Brunson is one of my favorite guards to watch too, just because he's just so good. Like 
he's like the Tim Duncan of point guards. He really, it's funny you say that. It, it's that's exactly what it's like. He's not going to wow you with anything. But we don't need to turn this into a into a Jalen Brunson. Oh, oh, hold on, hold on. The Tim Duncan of point guards in terms of mm-hmm. fundamentals or in terms of yeah. five MVPs, five titles. In the in the terms of like, okay, so in this new generation. There's kids that love basketball, but they love it for the flash, the the excitement. And then you got people like Joey and myself that love basketball for the pure form of basketball. And when you watch Tim Duncan, everybody says they probably take Dirk Nowitzki over Tim Duncan just because Dirk Nowitzki shot threes. And Tim Duncan is not as fancy as all these other bigs but when you go down the line and you look at his numbers and his accolades and you're like jesus christ this man is really 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 good and that's what i mean it's just like he's not gonna wow you with flash he's not gonna wow you with you know handle but he's just gonna wow you with that is the right basketball player and that's what jalen brunson does and that's why i feel like tim duncan does he just wows you with the right basketball play all right i like that uh <laughs> no, yeah, you're you're right, Andrew. Just to to clarify that, but hopefully we don't see uh, selfishly we don't see Jalen in the in the TBT for at least like 15 years or something. Hopefully he's just coaching. He never has to play. Anymore. Well, that's funny you say that. We did an episode where we like picked uh, a GM and a coach from NBA guys, current NBA guys, who we would want. And I said mm-hmm. I wanted him to be the, one of the GMs or the coaches so that I could play on a team. <laughs> well, if I had to pick any GM um, in the NBA. Uh, as far as basketball players, one of them will be Rajon Rondo. Yeah, that's we he had said that we said that too. We had Rondo, yeah. but he coached. When it comes he coached to another year, didn't he, Joey? He had a team Rondo team, so we had to like he was like an honorable mention because he'd already been involved. Well, but I'm saying like actually put like this guy like okay Rondo yeah, he's a was basketball like a genius. genius. Yeah, he's he's a genius. So I would go Ron like if I had to pick all the like GMs, so it'll be Rondo would be one. Um my second one that flies under the radar is Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry would be Yes, he'll be another great GM just because he knows basketball. And there's another the one last person that really flies under the radar is my GM, is E. T. E.T. doesn't give enough credit. He knows the game. He would be a hell of a, a GM. E.T. for sure. Because does he want to do that? Huh? Does he want to get into into the organizational side of basketball? I think yes, because he just loves – he loves watching his product, you know, produce, if that makes any sense. Like, <laughs> when we put this team together – um, he just loved watching us play. Like when we when we go to practice, he just loved watching us. Yeah. And he was like, "Oh my god, I love I love this team." And it's just, I think he puts a lot of effort into, you know, making sure that everybody has what they need. Sully, my final question: How much easier do you think your quarantine has been the last few days because you've been able to watch some basketball? <laughs> it's been super easy, bro. Like literally just have ESPN on and you just like leave it there and just you just pop at like you go to the bathroom, you walk back, there's basketball. You take a nap, you wake up, basketball. You leave your room, go grab your food downstairs, basketball. Like you haven't literally at one time me, 
Kata Bates, Diop, uh, CJ Jackson, and LD Williams was literally like hanging out six feet apart, by the way. And we're literally watching a simulation game on 2K. And we was literally watching it like, oh, that's a good play. Oh, that was a good move. And we just all looked at each other like, this is what life came to, just watching an NBA simulation game. And it was just <laughs> you just, just kind of get caught up in the moment and shock yourself. At least you didn't take it a step further and were gambling on those games. Like I know some of my friends were watching simulation games and gambling on them. So at that's, least you didn't take it a step further. That's wild. That's why I wouldn't trust no computer. Never. <laughs> All right, Sully, we thank you for coming on. We are wishing you the best of luck. We want you to repeat. We are expecting I to do. see. I don't know if Andrew does. Andrew, I, I was about to say, Andrew, are you sure about that? I've I seen your bracket already. <laughs> well, what I was going to say is we want to see you in the championship game. So we'll see you in the championship <laughs> game. <laughs> but seriously, though, good luck against House of Pain. Good luck with uh, Mike Dom. We might need you out there to, to guard him. I appreciate it. But don't be surprised. David Lighty has guarded a lot of people. That's exactly hey. I wouldn't I would trust me. I think we all agree that we want him on him instead of you. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, defense wasn't really my forte. <laughs> I knew that. that's all right. None of none of us in this podcast right now played in defense. So that's all right. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> all right, so all right. I appreciate you. Talk to you soon. Thanks, I man. appreciate it, fellas. All right, we hope you enjoyed day one and two wrap up and our interview with Jared Sollinger. Again, he was the first interview we ever released. So a huge uh, starting point to our podcasting careers. Another thing, if you haven't already, you guys got to start following along with us during and after the games. We get post-game press conferences. We churn them out like butter. They happen. We get them on YouTube. You watch them and you enjoy them. That's the cycle. We'll have them constantly throughout the tournament. We'll be releasing a couple more episodes. Follow us at Inside TVT. Joe? You can follow me at, at JoeySmoke14. Follow Andrew at, at Andrew Zolden. We love interacting with you guys. We've had some great interactions with you guys. I'm going to look at my phone and look at the interaction between us and Brandon Paul's fans, quote unquote, after this. Um, you can also follow that. Heard That at TBT underscore Heard underscore That. <laughs> you can follow Odd Elmore at. O-T-G-I-I or something like that. Um, <laughs> but, um, so just to wrap it up, we're having a blast doing this stuff. We appreciate everybody listening. Um, thank God that sports are back and can fill our lives. I literally spent the last two days glued to my TV watching basketball, and it felt like, not that I've ever experienced Christmas, but it felt like Christmas Day over and over again. Um, I'm sure it's really fun Christmas Day. I've heard stories. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love basketball. TBT has brought basketball back into my life. We could not be more grateful for TBT and please stick with us on this journey over the course of these, of this next week and a half or so, um, where we get to watch basketball and talk to you guys about basketball. So um, I have one it's been a pleasure. Yeah. I have one final um, breaking news. Yeah. One final breaking news. Okay. Brandon Paul. Despite all the uh, despite all the negative talk, final results. Fanduel's yeah. top Fanduel's top five scores of the day. Number five, 
John Roberson, number four, Ethan Happ, number three, Trevon Allen, number two, Marcus Keene, number one, Brandon Paul. So he did his part, all right? Don't let anyone tell you that he didn't do his part. I said breaking news because TBT didn't tag him, so I thought maybe he deleted his Twitter. So that's why I said breaking news, but I guess it's not breaking news. Well, that's great breaking news. And on that note, it's been a pleasure. And we will we will be releasing content during the week for the games, and we'll um, be releasing another podcast with um, guys from the Final Four. So stay tuned for that, and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. All right, heard that. <laughs>